You are listening to the Gear 30 Podcast, a community, you could even call it a support group, for people addicted to outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. There is no shame here. In spite of what your spouse or partner may say, we believe it's okay to own five tents, seven backpacks, and 18 jackets. Our slogan, inspired by the great explorer Sir Ranolf Fiennes, is, there is no such thing as bad weather, only inappropriate gear. So if you're an aspiring outdoor adventurer, a mountain guide, or anyone in between, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Gear 30 Podcast, where we talk about outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. And it's a it's a uh, chilly but beautiful day in Ogden, Utah. Sun is shining, and it's got me thinking a little bit about spring. It's surprisingly cold. Yeah. Now, so my wife woke up this morning to go cross country skiing with some friends, and you know it's been. It's been snowing at our house off and on, but it's been a real wet snow and mixed with rain at times. And so it's, it, in my mind, for some reason, my brain is just kind of switched over to spring. Oh, it's starting to, to turn spring. Rain equals spring. Right. And, um, I mean, there's still way steep snow on the ground, but, um, but yeah, it's been raining, so it's spring. And then my wife went cross-country skiing with a friend this morning, and when she got back, I asked her how it was, and she said it was zero degrees. <laughs> Yeah. So that's it was <laughs> like the sun was out. It's a beautiful day. I'm like, oh, it's nice outside. And I go out there. I'm like, it's below freezing. Yeah. Like, it's cold. Yeah. It's cold. <laughs> yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. Matt, Matt went to Warren Got Basin this morning and said that it was just rock hard snow, super, super cold. And he was the same thing. He's like, oh, it's nice. Gets out of the car and it was like three degrees at the base of basin. <laughs> three degrees. Yeah. Like, oh, chilly. okay. It's chilly. That's going to be me next week at Powder Keg. Oh, Ooh. yeah. Going Lucky. to work. Sitting in the again. shade. I sit in the shade. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, MC Powder Keg. And it starts at seven or eight. Guns at seven or eight in the morning. I can't remember. And I have to be set up. And uh, yeah, it's zero. It's typically zero. How many years have you emceed? powder cake uh, three poofies i can tell you that much i will at least have three poofies on <laughs> but uh at least five six years yeah that's what i was thinking yeah they're changing owners uh chad brackelsberg isn't going to be oh, really? uh, running that anymore which is sad because they he does a good job he does an unbelievably good job he and that. his wife yeah but he, i guess he's still tied up right now with the utah avalanche center ah so. uh, yeah he's the and i think it conflicts not just with time but something else because permitting and all those kinds of stuff. i'm not uh, sure exactly but Running a nonprofit takes a lot of time and effort. So yeah, now he's the full-on director of the Utah Avalanche Center. Utah Avalanche Center, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Yeah, he's a cool guy. He's he's one of my well, back when I was into the schemo racing scene a little bit more and and stuff. He was when you were pro. Yeah, back when I was pro. <laughs> um, back when I was, have I told you guys about my uh, powder keg experience? You yeah. did it. You did do the powder keg. Yeah. So I. But, but you were heavy metal. Well, <laughs> I mean, probably technically I was yeah. like over the limit, weight limit into heavy metal, but I was on the really light side of heavy metal. 
um, I did the rec because I was going up there to work the booth, and mm. um, so I did the recreation uh, race instead of the the pro race where I obviously should have been, <laughs> right? And um, so I did the rec race thinking, oh, I'll just I'll finish, I'll start and top I'll, ten, I'll finish quickly before everybody else is back, and and the uh, winner of the pro division won with a faster time. The pro race was twice the it's, distance and twice the, the vertical. Yeah, twice the vert, yeah. And the winner finished in like two minutes faster than my time doing that. Double the double the elevation, double the distance from me. And at that point I said, All right, I'm I'm a solid rec racer. I'm, <laughs> I have Jordan, killed, I also killed on my like, aspirations yeah, for the, the schemo gear. But this this vest right here is uh compliments of mc this is the mc payment oh, nice was right one of on. these yeah, yeah that's nice that's how i have most of my cool gear actually because <laughs> the cool sponsors of the race and then they i get paid in cool apparel nice but, uh, <laughs> i K like KUHL, yeah. i like cool apparel um anyway we're not talking about schema racing i like how we always lead in with stuff we're like nothing to do with what we're going to talk about <laughs> yeah but <laughs> yeah um, so yeah, we're not talking about schema racing. Uh, we're talking, going to be talking today about canyoneering. The reason, almost the same thing, really. The reason why yeah. I introduced it this way is because, uh, for a long time, <laughs> my spring and my fall activities were canyoneering or you could or rock climbing or powder keg in the morning, and it would be and then go down, drive down, sleep over, and then be canyoneering. Canyoneering the next day. Yeah, on Sunday. Yeah, so I um, except for Chase, he's yawning already. <laughs> it's gonna be a long um, day, Chase. <laughs> um, I got this. So back before I got married, um, I was always kind of trying to look for some sort of adventure to do while the snow was melting. Um, I I like to backcountry ski. I love spring skiing and stuff, but um, the trails are muddy and and everything. So trail running, mountain biking weren't always the easy <clears throat> excuse me the easiest thing to do and so in the spring i'd head down south to the desert and i'd go canyoneering or rock climbing or exploring camping whatever and in the fall the same thing in between kind of the summer adventures and um and the snow i would spend a little bit of time canyoneering down in the desert and i don't think we've talked about canyoneering on this podcast yet it's official we have not no, no. so uh, so sh shocking! I'm an expert at it. <laughs> so. so what are we gonna tell? So Chase doesn't know anything about it. So when people <laughs> no. are like, "What's canyoneering? How do what? How do you lead?" Yeah. So canyoneering is kind of exploring down canyons, particularly slot canyons, um, usually found in the desert. Usually you think of canyoneering and you think the desert, but <clears throat> can be other canyons, I guess. Um, but you're you're kind of hiking down the canyons. I, I guess you could hike up the canyons too. Um, in yes, in uh, I've done it. <laughs> it's actually pretty fun to go to reverse. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, in Europe, there is a a sport called canyoning instead of canyoneering. <laughs> Those euros. And, what is this? Um, so it's a little bit more potentially i guess you could say it's a more extreme version of canyoneering have you ever seen those videos of the guys like 
um, rappelling down waterfalls in these tight slot canyons and stuff like that. You ever seen that? Yeah. So that's considered canyoning. Yeah, but you can do that here in Utah. Yeah. Yeah, but um, so I, I think like canyoning, oftentimes you're in, you know, a dry suit or oh. or those types of things. You're It's, it's uh, either going up or down canyons with waterfalls and other things and um, most of utah's canyons uh, the water is uh, well you don't want you don't want the rain it's dangerous right. and <clears throat> the water is old stagnant <laughs> pools <laughs> you don't really want to be in. and some of it you have to go through and right. there's a lot of it you don't want to go into right at all yeah i have a friend like who... dead cows and stuff <laughs> <laughs> pretty right. gnarly stuff right, are we talking you into like the sport that. yet yeah I don't, i've only canyoneered like three times yep. yeah um a couple slot canyons and then and then the fun when i said we've gone up we uh were floating oh you're doing the muddy right the muddy yeah and mm, muddy what's the other one because there's two down there uh, that, uh san rafael san rafael yeah anyway i think it was the muddy where you can take a left and there's a nice canyon that you can go up and it's and it's a different experience going going up and i actually and we didn't take canyoneering gear right so we had to only go as far as you can sort of shimmy but it's awesome it's fun going in reverse and we ran into canyoneers coming down with pack rafts oh cool and then they pack rafted out yeah that's which, pretty sweet yeah by they were they were, they were had a guide and mm -hmm. so it's something you can do if next time you're in southern utah you can look it up and see who's guiding like slot canyon plus pack rafting yeah so you guys were in the san rafael swell yes floating um, the muddy IKs. creek mm -hmm. muddy. Mud, muddy muddy creek muddy and then we there's a i can almost i can see it uh you pull over to the left and we missed it twice both times so i've done it twice and both times we've We've hit the wrong canyon. Miss, because there's one. There's it's like a false alarm, like a false summit. You know, like you yeah. go like, yeah, I think this is it, and then like that's not it, and then you got to get there, and you go a little bit further, and you're like, this is obviously it here, <laughs> but it does look anyway. Yeah, yeah, and it's fun. It's fun. There's a there's a crux part that of of, of course our our friend, uh, shout out to Tim Nguyen, c goes up easily, right, and then the rest of us all struggle mightily <laughs> to and i almost made it this last time and then i got nervous because the fall factor was a thing we're not on we had a rope but it's like a throw rope from a kayak it's right. not like a climbing rope we're just <laughs> sounds legit. what not to do kids yeah what, what not to do but the second time i did it i was much more confident and comfortable like scaling and bridging and and those are some terms that you'll maybe talk about but it's yeah it was it's it's actually a lot of fun it is yeah 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 and i'm i'm not like a pro canyoneer by any means i've you've done three canyons i've probably done like eight so i'm not like hardcore canyoneers do that in a season two seasons or eight canyons in a weekend oh wow, sometimes that's a lot. so i've got a friend that i my first the first job that i had as a 16 year old i guess it wasn't my first job but my first like real job um I was working at canyon sports and that was a a shop here in ogden that is no longer um 
But one of my good friends that I worked there with, he oversaw the climbing. The, he was the climbing buyer and oversaw the climbing area. And he kind of introduced me to some extent to climbing, um, Dave. And he... Dave the Climber? Dave the Climber, yeah. Mm, yeah you Dave the know. Climber. What was Dave's last name for real? Dave Rob. Rob? Yeah. He's famous, actually. Yeah. Okay. So he wrote the climbing guide. Wrote, literally wrote the book of literally, climbing and all yeah. And if you look on page 42, actually, I don't, famous. I don't know what page it is. But <laughs> do you have a signed copy from Tim, Tim Nguyen? Because I do. <laughs> yeah. So, t- so Dave talked to me and Tim one time and it's like, hey, I need some models. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, just come climbing with me. So he went climbing and he's like, all right, climb up to that part and then look down and smile or whatever. So he took a picture of me on like a 5'9 called safety goggles. And then he took a picture of Tim on like a 513. And I thought, <laughs> come on, like, yeah. really? Except it was accurate because, I mean, I wasn't, Tim was the better climber by far. And he. Did he get up that 513? No, I don't think. It, it, maybe it was a 512. I don't know if he got up mm. it or not. He probably could have, but um, it was just, it was just for the pictures. That was before the days of Instagram. No, but it looked like you guys were actually climbing. Your shirts off. <laughs> Maybe no. his. I don't know. I kept my shirt on, but I had I had curly long hair and other things, so longer hair, I should say, not like Chase's. <laughs> um. Anyway, so Dave, uh, kind of to some extent, I had already been rock climbing, but he sort of introduced me to rock climbing a little bit more. But at a certain point, he really got into trail running and then he combined his two loves of rock climbing and trail running into speed canyoneering oh jeez! <laughs> and he and his friend they would do like ultra marathon canyoneering outings oh. um, they would do like they'd link like three or four big canyons in a row in one day a canyon that would take people at least a full day to do usually they would do like three or four of those in a single day, and they were just running up and down these canyons. This is an and intro to canyoneering podcast. Uh, you don't do that on the <laughs> intro. <laughs> That's like, yeah, these they can take all day. Yeah, and there, there's con- there's high consequence in a lot of those canyons. Right now, both of these guys that um, that were doing this canyoneering, they're both very competent and very skilled rock climbers. And so they would get to places where most people would repel, and they'd just, like, scramble down it. And uh, and oftentimes, I mean, they were they were scrambling down things that you fall, you die type stuff. Mm-hmm. And they would just scramble down it like it was nothing, just almost, almost at a run because they were so comfortable and confident in what they were doing. Of course, they would do some canyons that required full repels and, and really long ropes and stuff like that, but they got really good at doing at canyoneering but it was like speed canyoneering and um there's another guy jared campbell who's a famous trail runner here in utah he's won hard rock 100 before he's he's done um like the barclays marathons three i think he's Is he the only one times. that finished he's the one three times he's the one that's finished most he has the record for so anyway he's a he's a utah guy and um, when I first learned about him, he was kind of doing the same thing with the canyoning. He was really into ultra running and all that stuff, but he'd go down and and do a whole bunch of canyons linked together. I mean, when throughout the day, they when they finally finished, it would be like 25, 
to 30 miles worth of canyons in a single day or something crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. It's nuts. So, anyway, it's pretty cool. So, what do you need? Like, what's the basics, the gear, basic gear for canyoneering? Yes. So, like with rock climbing, where you've got kind of entry level um, scrambling, if you will, where mm -hmm. you don't really need a rope, you don't need a harness, but maybe some approach shoes might be kind of nice. And, <clears throat> and, um, so you've got that type where you're just hiking through slot canyons and you might have to scramble up some rocks, but you're not going to be doing any real rappelling. You don't need a harness. You don't need a rope or any of those types of things. Then you kind of graduate to, um, to canyoneering where you're going to do some, uh, some rappelling and there's down climbs that maybe are just a little too difficult that Oh, you're taking pictures. Throw me off. I can't. I can't think and talk. Yeah, focus. I can't Gregors. talk and look good at the same time. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we're talking canyoneering here, by the way. Yeah. So, um, so then you'll have some some canyons where you're maybe down climbs are a little bit too tricky, and so you're going to want to repel. And then you get some canyons where you're going to be doing not only some repels, but you're going to be doing a lot of stemming or, or bridging across rocks and. And that's stuff. the scary part and um <laughs> you're going to be doing a little more tricky down climbing some of those types of things and then you get to canyons which are called x canyons and they they have the canyons rated in, in difficulty and x canyons are the hardest and these are the type of canyons where people may be bridging across these these canyons for like sometimes hours <laughs> And you it. don't want to fall because when you look down, you fall, you're toast. Yeah, it's and not only that, but it's like you would you could see what the sides of the walls of the canyons that you would bounce off of <laughs> before you hit the water at the bottom. Right. So and you're like that's four. That's a four bouncer right there. If I go <laughs> now, yeah. So when you're saying they're bridging, are you are you moving like how? Yeah. So you're. So your feet are one, on one end. Yeah. And your hands are on the other. Yeah. And you're shim You're just like, shuffling. shuffling. Like you ever watch like Ninja across. Warrior? Okay. And they've got a bridge up that glass thing at the end. Yeah. Kind of, with, kind of yeah. like that, only on its like horizontally right. because you're under, underneath you is the drop off. And it's, of course, it's a canyon, so it's not like it's smooth glass. It's sandy or like it's yeah. every now and then you hit slick spots and. Are so, you are you like moving down? Is that typically what you're, you're moving to do? down? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sometimes and sometimes so, you're so, just moving across above because getting down deep into the canyon is either water or you don't see the bottom. Maybe it's a <laughs> it's a tight squeeze or that's whatever. A, that's an infinite infinite <laughs> infinite bounce right there. Yeah, it looks like like a break in the glacier or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And crevasse, crevasse of yeah. red rock <laughs> so sometimes if you're at the bottom of the canyon it's so awkward to walk across there because it just comes to a tight v uh, that if you're just stepping up higher you can move a lot faster so you stay above it okay and I'm, so i'm i'm visualizing it now and so there's a wide a wide variety a wide range of uh difficulty of canyons and, and the gear have... the gear that you need for that varies as well but basic gear rock climbing harness uh, a static rope something to rappel on you don't want a dynamic rope really when you're canyoning you can use it but they get wet they get wet but they, they also stretch. get sand inside yeah. and they stretch and if you're rappelling and those ropes are stretching back and forth with all the sand working its way in it'll just wear the crap out of your rope very quickly 
you can ruin a good dynamic rope very quickly but if you have a static rope that doesn't stretch it's going to hold up a lot better plus you can oftentimes get lighter weight static ropes um, than you can get with a dynamic rope so so you'll want a rope uh, and you want to have webbing that you can sling different things if you're going to make repels um, usually want to have blade a blade device um, yeah blade device repel device usually want to have a bolt kit um, if for example you get yourself in a bad situation you want to be able to uh, be able to put a bolt into the sandstone that you can repel off of or you can use to climb up and out of something if you need it so usually having a bolt kit is but that's I not, didn't re I never heard that but that's, that's not necessarily something that's that smart. you that you need for your basic ones but if you're getting into more difficult what's ones, the thing called that looks like a grappling hook or whatever because you got to get out of this because you wrap down into these pools and it's like you're surrounded by these sheer walls right and, and had potholes and you have to and i remember i mean we've lift put people on shoulders yeah I'm like okay well how do these guys do it solo or just a team of two or whatever because yeah we were stacking to get out of these things yeah, I'm trying to remember. I've, I've been out of the canyoneering scene for, what for that, a what while. What that actual thing um, is called? So, yeah, you've got like pot, what are they called? Pot hole. Uh, I'm looking it up here real quick. Um, Grappling hook extraordinaire. Well, so I'm trying to think. Man, so there's got to be like a canyon grab hook 2.0. Yeah. Yeah, never. The first one's always. You should always start with 2.0, yeah, right? Nobody wants to buy, buy the original. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Unless they're funny. ultra lone peaks. Also, uh, while you're looking that up, shoes are. You don't do like climbing shoes. You do like a. Like an approach shoe. Yeah, yeah like an approach shoe. But there's. Do you, do you have um, people? He's in deep concentration. Do you have a recommended shoe for canyoneering? Because do they make they specific make, canyoneering shoes? Yeah. Yeah, so generally approach shoes are what you what you want. Um, generally, approach shoes are what you're going to want to use, something with sticky rubber, but 510 made a canyoneer shoe that was essentially a... <laughs> that was essentially... That is Brandon spilling his beer all over the keyboard. Um, no spillage here, my friend. <laughs> that was essentially... So the Canyoneer, the 510 Canyoneer, was the Mountain Master approach shoe made into something that had some neoprene and some buckles and other things that, that was more Canyoneering specific. Because you want to be able to, to grip, but you don't want a climbing shoe because it's too tight of a walk because you walk right. so long. Approaches, right. even in it. So it's more like a tennis shoe fit. Yeah, and you want an approach shoe that's water that's happy in the water. So like a leather approach shoe. Or one that not, drains water. Not usually, even. yeah not usually ideal you want something that's synthetic fabrics that aren't going to soak up the water and stuff like that and um so yeah the 510 canyoneer was kind of the go-to and i'm i'm trying to remember if they still make it um i don't know that they do i've heard good things about that uh Salewa wild is the wildfire or the dragon oh yeah they, they still make the canyoneer it's now the can they're up to the canyoneer three of course because they started sweet. with two anyway <laughs> <laughs> um, but don't don't you have the Salewa? Yeah, I have Salewa. Which I don't, one do I have? I love you asking have, you, you have guys what I own because I have no idea what I you own. You have the Firetail. Okay. Um, and you have the Wildfire? I have the Firetail as well. Fire um, but that Wild... Is it the Wildfire? 
that drains really well. I remember I was down at uh, Desert Rat down in St. George, and they said that they sell a lot of that dragonfly for um, canyoning because it drains so well. Uh-huh. So. so the the 510 is probably the best one out, but it's not cheap. It's 180 bucks. Um, the uh, and it looks like the 510 Canyoneer 3, which is the version that they're on now, um, it laces up the front, whereas the old one had kind of a neoprene wrap over the top with a couple of buckles Ooh, over the top. Okay. Who so makes that? 510. Okay, I was going to say, I feel like I've seen a lot it's of those down in when I go to Zion. Black and yellow. Yep, yep. Yeah, so... It's like the classic rental canyoneering shoe, isn't right. it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I think most like real hardcore canyoneers are probably going to go with a shoe like that. Or and then do you take wetsuits, dry suits, swimsuits? It, How yeah, do you naked. All of- <laughs> <laughs> Chase has never been uh, naked. That's <laughs> how I roll. <laughs> My skin's waterproof. So, um, Depending on the canyon, if the canyon has water, a lot of water, then you're going to want to take at least a wetsuit. Um, in some canyons, if it's depending on the time of year and how much water, you may even want a dry suit. But um, you're going to want something that is very durable because you're going to be sliding and and scumming a, across the sandstone and stuff like that. And so, yeah, wetsuit, dry suit, in some cases. Uh, in other cases, just a a uh, swimsuit. Some canyons are completely dry, and just a I mean, depending on the time of the year, shorts or maybe hiking pants, climbing pants, something like that is what you're gonna need. I'll tell you, my wife and I quick dry pants. What's that? Quick dry pants. Yeah. yeah. So in Brandon's case, a speedo. I'm not sure why you're so. Hot. So I, you've never listen, canyoneered before. You do slide on the rocks a <laughs> right. lot, thinking so you do about, want some coverage on the skin. All thinking right? about canyoneering naked sounds so painful. It to does me sound that painful. I don't even want to joke about it because, like, oh man, there's been plenty of times where, like, I come out of a canyon kind of beat up with having worn a wetsuit or something like that. I'm just so. saying you can't recommend a swimsuit to Brandon and expect him not to show up in a Speedo. Well, that's but, true. But there are plenty of times or areas along a, a, a canyon mm-hmm. where it's totally shirts off time because yeah. it's typically it's hot. hot yeah. in the F in those canyons, yeah. Yeah. So, um, A-A-F. <laughs> hot A-F. That's punk. That's <laughs> punk. <laughs> Um, yeah. Like I smell I, funky. And man. I was gonna say, yeah. I'll tell you what: those dry suits after going through a canyon, they get <laughs> smell funky. Pretty oh, gnarly. Man. Um, yeah, they smell pretty bad. Um, so Andrew, have you canyoneer before? No. No. Okay. So this is a lesson. See, yeah. we're learning all about canyoneering right now. So this is good. Me yeah. too. Yeah. Learning yeah, experience. So, but yeah, you're just your basic rappelling slash climbing gear. And the, I think, like you know go canyoneering for the first time with someone else who's never been canyoneering i I think if you i mean that's kind of a tough go so if you can find someone who's done it before that's the best way to go yeah and there's plenty of canyons here in utah that are pretty mellow that are good kind of introductory lessons there's like you know they they've got a bunch of canyons from like easy hikes that get get tight and narrow like uh which a lot that's your instagram canyons right. a lot of times with the kids and <laughs> right you can take the kids and stuff like yeah. that so like little wild horse um spooky uh 
and your dog. You can take the the consequences aren't as high, but we sort of st- started out this conversation because the ones that we've did we've I've done at least were uh, they're up there as far as difficulty. Yeah, and high consequence. Yeah, so I was down in um, back when when my wife and I were dating before we got married. We went down with our friend Tim and a few other people and did Neon Canyon down in Escalante. It's right next to Neon Trees. Most people don't know this. <laughs> yeah, right close by. Yeah. Um, the Neon Trees are out front. Right. The Neon Canyon. You pass the Neon Trees. That's how you neon get canyon. there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you've probably, many people who have seen pictures of canyoneering have probably seen a picture of the rappel at the end of Neon Canyon where you're rappelling mm. through the roof, like through the ceiling of this this Cathedral open thing. thing area and you're rappelling down through this hole in the roof into water how far is that rappel it's 80 feet or something yeah. like that and so that's the neon canyon that's how cool is it? i want to do and that. and it's way cool yeah um there's like three or four rappels above that um as you're going in and we we went up as high as we could so that we got some extra rappels and some extra time in the canyon but i think there were a total of five uh it's been a while five see i think the canyons maybe. were Long hike in, long hike out, really hard canyon, like <laughs> no benefit, no benefits, like yeah. no rappelling through a waterfall, like none of, none of that crap. So yeah. I want to do that. Yeah. That sounds fun. So I'll tell you what, that canyon, I'm trying to remember when we did it, I don't, th- I'm trying to remember if we took wetsuits. We had a few swims, but they were short, like 50 feet. Oh, we didn't talk feet, about that. like that. The wetsuits meaning like you do need to swim sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. And with so your, with your gear. Yeah. And so sometimes you can get if you're deep in these canyons the whole time and you're in there for hours, the sun doesn't get there and it gets it's chilly. It's a lot cooler. Even if it's 100 degrees out in the sun, the canyons can be significantly cooler. And if you're repelling into water, you're swimming, you're doing in potholes and stuff like that, it can it can be butt cold. It's cold. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh it's definitely butts are really cold, butt cold. Yeah. <laughs> like my butt's usually pretty warm but well anyways i understand you the need verbiage. To get out more. um sorry so the canyons so a lot of times you're in a wetsuit because it's just necessary to stay warm now on neon canyon i think we were in wetsuits because i think there are some a couple of mandatory shorter swims and you're in this canyon most of the time so um, and then at the end, you're rappelling down through this roof into the water. Um, we got to the end of the canyon uh, right before this last rappel, and there was I think there was a group ahead of us, so we had to wait a little bit. And there was a lot of like wind and air kind of rushing through this canyon and through this hole past us. And so we're sitting, sitting there waiting for our turn, and my wife and I, my girlfriend at the time but my wife and i we were the last ones to repel so we're sitting there for like an hour waiting to repel in you know damp because we had been doing some swimming and other things and i'm trying to remember if we had wetsuits on but i just remember by the time it got to our turn we were frozen yeah just freezing cold and i'm i'm thinking that we didn't have wetsuits otherwise we probably would have been warmer and you want to be not froze when you're gonna drop 80 feet on a rope right yeah. So then, yeah, we rappelled down into the water and then uh, into the pool, and then we swam out of the pool, and um, and then I think at that point we ha- had some dry clothes in our dry bags, um, because that's another thing you want. You want to have 
a bag that you can keep your stuff dry in. And so I think I had an old climbing pack that I put a dry bag in mm -hmm. and I just kept clothes and other things in there. And so once we got done with the canyon, we could take off all our wet gear, put on some dry clothes for the hike out. And then we were freezing cold in the canyon for like an hour. We got out, got dry clothes on and stepped into the sun. And now it's like 95 hot. degrees. Now it's hot. And, yeah. And roasting the so there's back, so. there's a, there's quite a few like books and I'm sure you can go jump online but I like I like the books because you can go through and find the maps and things yeah. of where recommendations and it lays out like you said the difficulty level with different canyons um, but man this is the time of year to get down there and start hiking right. through some canyons yeah and then in sp spring spring is one of the best times but it's also one of the wetter times so if you're gonna if you're gonna do them in the spring mm. plan on plan on water more water colder water it's it's snow runoff and stuff like that so you're going to want a wetsuit at a minimum probably and it probably says in all the in all the guidebooks but um i remember the first time we were going um our our guides our friends were checking the weather daily right because the last place you want to be is in a slot canyon when there's a storm and the storm doesn't have to be near you it can be miles away and dump water and then hours later it will come down that canyon and wash you out right and it, it could kill you so you want to make sure there's zero precept in the forecast for wherever you're going right yeah and it can and like you kind of said it yeah it's a desert. sorry i was thinking while you were saying that i'm pretty <laughs> sure what i was about to say you just said almost word for word but, you're um, welcome <laughs> but for example i've been um doing a canyon near moab and um it was raining up in the LaSalle's and the LaSalle's like the runoff from the LaSalle's would run into the canyons that we were exploring in. And so you would just get water like it could be raining 10 miles away and you wouldn't know it. And later that day, this, the rain or the snow or whatever from 10 miles away is now in your canyon and right. stuff. So yeah, you do have to be careful of that. My parents were in Zion National Park years ago with um, with the family. This was back when I was, before I was so young, I couldn't remember it. But they tell the story that they were in Zion National Park. It was a sunny, beautiful day. And then suddenly a storm came and you've got these huge cliffs and stuff all around you. So you can't really see the sky and what's coming. They just looked above them and it looked blue and nice and sunny. But then it got stormy and <clears throat> started to rain and it had been raining for like two minutes on them before all of these huge waterfalls came gushing out of the canyons all around them and and i forget what part of zion they were in but they're hiking along this path along kind of a cliff face and there was like waterfalls coming off the cliff face yeah. face over them and it can be beautiful um if you're in lake powell it happens in lake powell right. all the time too but they just thought like holy cow we had no idea this was coming it's yeah. literally been raining for like two minutes on us and there's these huge flash waterfall. floods coming yeah. out waterfalls coming off these cliffs so and that watch your weather so yeah that's <clears throat> sorry i'm i've got a cold a little bit and i'm kind of choking over here <clears throat> i'll give you a drink <laughs> <laughs> um so sweet um so canyoneering it's so this friend of mine the one that did all the crazy canyons that would link all of them up um, I was asking him, like, what is it about canyoning that's got you hooked? And he's like, and he said, well, I love to rock climb, but rock climbing was like about the challenge. It was 
how hard can I climb? Can I get up this rock face? And it was work, but it was rewarding. He said, and I love to run, but running was about the fitness. It was about, <coughs> excuse me, it's about getting into shape and and um, it's like it was it was cool to be able to go trail run 15 miles and see a lot of area and stuff but that was work as well he says when you get into canyons it's just play like it's just fun all the time you don't like you're you're climbing and you're rappelling and you're running and those types of things but you're not thinking about those types of things you don't generally run into those times now you can of course but for him he didn't generally run into those times where like he just was out of breath and didn't want to run anymore but he knew he still had five more miles to go or whatever he's like the whole time it just feels like play that's like an amalgamation of all those skills and you can utilize them and have fun yeah and it's just fun it's yeah. just so and i noticed that when we would go um we were you did you do fat man's misery with us years ago you know a group of I could say some <laughs> bad things right now. No, I don't. I don't remember that. Because um, I did it with a group from from Weaver State back in the day. I remember James and uh, a few others were there, and I was wondering if you might have been on that I'm one. Not sure. Excuse me. Anyway, the hike in the hike into Neon Canyon or into Fat Man's Misery or into some of the others, like it's it's pretty and stuff like that, but. You know, it's a hike. It feels like work to some extent. But once you get into the canyon, it's just fun. It's just playing. Um, same thing with my kids. When I've taken them into, like, Little Wild Horse Canyon or some of those other slot canyons that are kid-friendly, like, hiking to the canyon, the kids are complaining, whining, blah, 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 and, it, and it's not very fun for them. The moment they step into a slot canyon, it's just like a playground. They yeah. love it. No complaining. They're just having the time of their life all day long. Yeah. And I kind of feel like canyoneering is that way to some extent. Like you get into the canyon and then it's just playtime and it's fun. And although it can be quite dangerous, I did have a friend who almost died. Spent three, three days stuck in a canyon before he got rescued. Aaron Ralston. Did he have to cut his arm yeah, off? Is his name Aaron? No. <laughs> you have a dull knife with him? <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh, but he was hallucinating. He was um, he was completely out of it. He had to get rescued. Oh. They were in a canyon in Zion. He was very experienced, um, but they got in the wrong canyon and yeah. didn't have the right gear for that canyon. The canyon that they thought they were in was like had like a 150, 200 foot rappel at the end or something, and the canyon that he was actually in had like a 600 foot rappel at the end or something something crazy that's i forget exactly the, the yeah. details but he ended up getting stuck in the canyon in cold water and they were there for they had i don't remember if they had just dry suits or if they had wetsuits on or just wetsuits or dry suits um but anyway they were there for like three days hallucinating thought <laughs> they were gonna die got rescued by search and rescue and uh I went backpacking with him like six months, year afterward, and he said he still had nightmares, like complete PTSD from that experience. And he'd have nightmares. He'd wake up like freaking out in a panic because he thought he was stuck in the canyon again and all this stuff. And it, he said it was a crazy. Wow. Wow. So it's not it's not just all fun. I mean, you do yeah, have to be smart. Now you just talked us out of it. <laughs> you <laughs> do have to be smart about it. Start easy. Start small. Maybe start find some canyons that you don't need technical gear for, unless you're 
pretty competent with rock climbing gear and stuff and then maybe maybe um, start with a pretty mellow canyon with a few rappels or something like that that have bolted anchors or some of those types of things and then as you do more and more you'll start getting into canyons where you have to start building your anchors you'll get into canyons that have potholes and you have to use specialized gear to be able to get out of those potholes or you need a you know crew two or th two or three of you to help get through canyons and stuff but start easy and and go from there um Sweet. it's it's fun you know, though canyoning's fun on second thought i think i'll just stick with hiking <laughs> but you like to rock climb <laughs> you would like yeah. it chase i think you, you like to hike actually. you like to rock climb you i think it'd be it. sweet as soon as that arm's back in action yeah we'll be canyoning in no time nope. yeah. uh, in the fall <laughs> <laughs> that's no time yeah so, no time sweet well that's so anyway. 40 so we're good all right cool well thanks for joining us today for the podcast we hope you enjoyed this little um discussion we're we, Brandon and I, we've done a little bit of canyoneering. For those of you that are listening that are hardcore canyoneers, you'll recognize that we're not the experts by any Oh, no, no. Um, Three is no expert. No, and we're, but we enjoyed it, and we know the basics, and that this is just the basics. But I so. did do hard ones. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't. And I didn't lead them. I was led through them. Right. Thank the Lord, because... <laughs> they And it's crazy how much technical skill you have to have with just, like... Like, like running across things. Yeah. You know, because you have to run up these banks because it's like a giant pool or something in the middle and you got to run up these banks up and around just to get to the other side. And you got, there's no other way to do it or else you fall in the pool and you're like, you got to like, it's almost like a NASCAR up banking up high. You know, you got to like run, like weird skills like that that you don't normally use in rock climbing or hiking. You, you employ in canyoneering. Yeah. It's, it's kind of in some cases almost like, solving a puzzle a little bit like yeah. how do i get through here how do i get around here how do i avoid this water how and it's it's a lot of fun but for those uh for those of you that are interested in canyoning definitely find um find a friend find a book find a guidebook find a guide in some cases to to get into it in a safe way where um you're not pushing your your limits too much um and uh but get into it it's really fun it's a great it's a you know, a lot of people like, a lot of people love the rock climbing, but some people prefer rappelling because it's less work. And so this is like a cool way to, to add rappelling to a hike and make it that much more memorable. And so anyway, uh, it's canyoneering. There's a few places that are awfully popular for canyoneering here in Utah. So there's the Moab area. There's a lot of good canyons around Moab and Canyonlands and some of those places there's the san rafael swell that's not too far from moab and there's a lot of great canyons there um the robber's roost area and and some others that's the area that of utah where aaron ralston got stuck and his arm is still stuck um, <laughs> the bones at least yeah um and then there's the uh, escalante area and and down by lake powell which is one of my favorite areas and has some of the most amazing uh, canyons I've ever been in. Um, there's easy canyons like Coyote Gulch um, that is kid-friendly, just a hike. You've got some water going through it, but you're just it's just a really scenic hike um, with some side canyons that can get a little more technical, which is kind of fun. 
And well, then there's I've, the, the I've hiked Canyon Carrie Gulch, so I guess I have been canyoneering. Yeah, I mean that's like a hike through a <laughs> like a cool canyon. It's yeah. it's a I mean you could say that hiking the narrows is canyoneering to some extent, even though it's not like technical canyoneering. So Coyote yeah. Gulch is similar to the narrows. Um I dare say more scenic. Um or maybe not more scenic, just different scenic. Um but there's like Zion National Park which has some of the most amazing canyons in the world. And uh, and then there's St. George area, uh, Snow Canyon, and some of those other places that have some great canyons. So lots of places around Utah to go canyoneering. And uh, and also down into Arizona and some of those places. So um, check it out. And uh, there's a lot of information online. There's a lot of very passionate canyoneers out there with some good blogs and some good information on what gear you need, where, how to get there, and, and how to be safe. So check those out. Um, also, if you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to subscribe. Um, and check out our website, gear30.com. That's spelled out G-E-A-R-T-H-I-R-T-Y.com. Follow us on Instagram at gear underscore three zero and like us on Facebook if you want to follow along or get uh, tips on sales that we have and those types of things. So thanks for joining winter, us. Winter clearance right now. Winter oh, yeah. Clearance. Yeah, that's true. So Everything's I, on sale, gear30.com. Yeah, and I think uh, I saw that Solomon skis are in snowboards. 15, 20% off. 20% off. 20% off. 20% off. 20% off. So that's pretty cool. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the next episode. See you out there. Woo-hoo.